Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Chasing After the Wind series, where Dr. Jones teaches through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, and we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. Now let's join him for today's message. And today we're going to look at a few verses that challenge us in some very specific ways uh, how we ought to seize the day, how we ought to make the most of every opportunity, how we ought to maximize all that God lays before us. And we're going to read through Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Today's title is Wise Investment for Life because these Proverbs give us some instruction on how we ought to seize each moment, seize each day, how we ought to live this life, not waste any opportunity. And he's laying this out in some very uh, poetic, wisdom, sage-like phrases painting different types of pictures so that we can apply them in various situations. And one of the things that he starts off with in an overview in the first six verses, he speaks to what I like to call wise diligence. He starts off and he says, send your bread on the surface of the water for after many days you may find it. You know, I said wise diligence. If I have anyone in here that has any familiarity with investing, you will know that when you invest in something, you invest not with the understanding that you're going to get an immediate payoff. You know, it's, it's investing and buying is two different things. Investing is saying, I'm going to place my money here and I am truly, based off what I looked at, I'm hoping to earn something somewhere down the road, whether it be a week, two weeks, six months, a year. 20 years. We understand that principle of investing. Well, one of the things is the Bible talks about this repeatedly, and we see right here at the start where he says, send your bread on the surface of the water. What he's speaking towards is, when he's talking about your livelihood, when you had trade, import, export, they would ship things across. Now, if you had some goods and you want to sell them or you want to place, send something over and you were expecting to get something back, you would put it on a boat and it would go. And you know what you're hoping? Please don't sink. Please don't sink. Please don't sink. You know, you don't want the boat to sink because your boat sink and money lost, right? You know, but, but you know what's interesting about that? A lot of us, we don't, we don't work like that. That's not our line of work. That's not really our, you know, our career. But Think about if you were counting on something to come back across the water and you got word that the boat sank. Like, hold on, all, all my, my livelihood is there, right? You know, but, but you do so because you're hoping to, to, to get that return. This is the picture that's being painted right here when it's speaking about uh, this diligence. And what he's saying is, don't be afraid to take risks. He's acknowledging right at the top, you can't guarantee anything in life. So don't let risk petrify you from action. When you speak about a wise investment for life, he's saying like, look, I want you to start off and I want you to understand that 
Your trust is not in man. Your trust is not even in your own ability. Trust the Lord with your future. So take the risk. But he's not saying being reckless. You don't know where we see even in these verses about being reckless. Matter of fact, he follows in verse 2 after verse 1, take risk. But notice what he says. This is a poetic way in verse 2 to say diversify, diversify, diversify. You know, you think about investment, y'all know they say diversify, right? right? Oh, this, this is the way we like to say it. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. He said, look, don't be afraid to take risks, but also don't put all your eggs in one basket because who knows what the future may bring. So, so, so spread your resources. Don't put them all here because if it, that fails, you've lost everything. But if, if you've spread or, or divided in a wise way, then if one fails and then one succeeds, you have gained even though you may have lost some. Verse 2, he says, give a portion to seven or eight, for you don't know what disaster might happen on the earth. He's using that language of seven or even the eight. He says, like, you know, it's, it's an indefinite number. I mean, I don't want you to get so literal when reading this wisdom literature. That you say, okay, you go to your, I'm going to go to, you know, Go to my investment, my, my money person, and I'm going to say, look, I need seven things. And then once we get all seven, pick an eighth. Because the Bible said seven and even an eighth. And you'll be like, no, I mean, that, that's not exactly it. Now, 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 if you go and you feel like the Holy Spirit leading you in that moment, do that, then do that. But don't say, hey, the Bible said every last one of us need to put it in seven first and then eight. And they need to be diversified, no more than eight. I don't know your resources. You don't know your resources. But what he's saying is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Over and over and over, we keep seeing the writer of Ecclesiastes while he speaks about living wisely under the lordship of God, meaning God rules your life. He continually reminds us, even as we're going to look even more in this scripture, of enjoying what God has given us. And even here, he's given us instruction of how to maximize our resources. Like, these are good tips business-wise. This is a smart way to do commerce. Hey, like you're sitting here and like, look, you got, God has given you a little extra. Is it just a waste on it? Just sit there or, or, or put it somewhere where it's going to grow because it can be more of a blessing for you, for ministry, for family. But it, but it, it, it takes some diligence. Because one, you got to be willing to take that risk. You don't know what the future holds. He says, but even knowing so, spread it out, diversify. But then he says in verse three and four, this is where, this, this right here, y'all. He says, if the clouds are full, they will pour out right on the earth, whether a tree falls to the south or the north. The place where the tree falls, there it will lie. That sounds so obvious, right? It's like Captain Obvious verse. If it falls, think about it. If it falls to the south or the north, that, that's where it will lie. Well, yeah. You, you know what he's saying? He's like, look, there are things you and I cannot control, and there are warning signs. Take heed. Notice. Don't be foolish. A moment ago, I said, don't be reckless. You can take risks and yet not be reckless. He says, when the clouds are full, it's going to rain. You know, you see trouble lurking. It's, it's going to hit. Be wise. Then he said, if it falls to the south, look, it's, it's going to lie to a minute. Like, you 
cannot in your own smarts and your own intelligence make something go your way. You can't do it. The issue is how do you handle it when it happens? One, he's told you already, make sure you spread things so you don't put all eggs in one basket. So when the calamity comes, when something bad happens, you haven't lost everything, your family and even your own livelihood is taken care of. He's in a wise investment for life because he's trying to tell us from a wisdom perspective how to live in a world where God is in control and we are not. He said, don't only engage in business or in commerce or in the things of life when you think you can guarantee the type of end you want. He said, don't do that. Don't live like that. Because if you live like that, you won't ever do anything. You won't ever move on anything. You'll sit there and be like, well, I don't know how it's going to work out. I heard it happened bad to somebody else, so I'm not going. And you sit there and you continue to take L's. You continue to lose. The, the language of verse 5 uh, is also kind of challenging. I'm, I'm going to read it here. In the CSB, it says, just as you don't know the path of wind or how bones develop in the womb of a pregnant woman, so also you don't know the work of God who makes everything. Now, the reason I say this language is tricky, you may read in some different uh, English versions of the Bible because what they wrestle with, the way the Hebrew is written, it can, it can read either you don't understand how the wind blows. Let me see that. Jesus used that illustration in John 3. The wind go to and fro, you, you can't explain it. We can t- Matter of fact, we see the effects of the wind. We see trees and debris moving. We, we can't explain the wind. We, don't, we, don't get, we try best try to understand its origins. Can't do it. It's a work of God. That's the point of it. Then he makes this illustration, he says, and it can, it can read, or like we, we can try to observe and, and, and try to understand how bones develop in the womb when a, when a lady is pregnant. Like life is, it's, 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 it's a miracle. It's magnificent. You know, now I, I say it like that because he says, don't let your ignorance keep you back from living out and living the life and making the business decisions or even investment. Because we're talking about commerce. Living these things out in life. You may not understand everything. Don't be reckless. Trust the Lord with it. Just like you can't explain the wind or that baby developing in the womb. Now, the reason I say that the Hebrew is tricky because it can also, you can maybe render it the way it's written that as you don't understand how the life enters the bones of that baby in the womb of a pregnant woman, you understand everything anyway. God know. I ain't gonna lie. I kind of lean towards that one because that just make that just make like like and it, it, you can render it. It, 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 it it's, it's tricky. You quite know exactly what it means because it uses this word for, for wind. It could be spirit. It could be life. And it's like, what is it saying? What it's saying is this: you don't have to know every single thing and explain every single thing to engage it. What you need to be doing is trusting God. Because he's the one that makes everything. So when we talk about this life, I got a question this morning, and it was in regard to marriage. And it was was an interesting question. It was by another minister. And I said, look, at the end of the day, what God has called us to is God says what he says about marriage, and he wants us to walk it out as he has revealed in his word. And dude was like, word. I I mean, like the question, great question. But actually, it's like it's very simple answer, what he was asking. Now, I don't get to the specifics because it was a little personal. But I'll just, I'm just saying, like, like it, it, it really was that. And what, it's, it's what we're saying is, like, 
It's a continual call. Trust God. He says, as God develops life in the womb, when you think about what conception is, and 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 at, at conception, what's happening there, where you have an an autonomous being, meaning it has its own genetic code, own DNA, XY chromosome, XX chromosome, and it's just stages of development. It is magnificent. And them bones growing in there and all that stuff. It's like, yo, it's amazing. It's amazing. I remember our first two pregnancies. And you see them babies, I'm like, it's like, you know, I'm so churchy, y'all. I just want to break out. Our God is an awesome God. I mean, it's like, it's amazing. It is amazing. What is a reminder of? God is creator and God is all in all. I love that he used that example. We talking about business. He talking about bones in the womb forming. And what he's saying is, yeah, you're not going to know everything. God knows. So honor God as you do business. Because you can do the opposite thing. You can do business crookedly. You can lie. You can steal. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Time for Your Checkup, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches us to examine and engage the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To give, go to daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L Jones dot O-R-G and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. He says he's calling for them to trust God. Ultimately, you know what this whole thing is getting at? It's saying that God knows. God knows. God knows. So may we not act in fear, but may we act in trust with the resources in this life that God has given us. Let's seek out, let's make wise decisions. Let's do our due diligence. I said wise diligence because I want to go back. What did he say? When, when, when the clouds are full, you know, rain coming, meaning watch out. Make sure you, you're not just walking out being reckless and careless. You're looking and you're gaining understanding. And ultimately, when you make the decision, I'm trusting God because you can try to, Put your money on a sure thing and lose. And lose. Or you can go out there and everything look right. And that person standing there and is a straight up con man and allowed you out of all that you're putting down. But you know what God says? Don't, don't, don't be fearful. He's calling us to trust him. There's this wise investment in life because he's talking about this is one of the things he's calling us to, to do life. To, to, to build in this life so that we can live out the life that he's called us to. He's given us these words of wisdom that he's calling us to. And when I talk about fear, don't be, don't be fearful, but trust. Paul told Timothy that that spirit of fear is not from God. And God gives us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So don't let fear keep you from doing something. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Somebody might be sitting there and be like, I'm scared. I don't know what that is. Scared. Don't be terrified. Trust God with it. Because ultimately, he wants us to live life to the fullest. He wants us to live life to the fullest. You know, but but living life to the fullest, it it looks a certain way. Go back in here. In 
in verse 7, he says, light is sweet and it's pleasing for the eyes to see the sun. And then he says, indeed, if someone lives many years, let him rejoice in all of them and let him remember the days of darkness. Since they will be many, all that comes is futile. This is a very sage-like way to say, look, it's good to be alive. It's good. Your eyes open up, you see the sun? What do we, we wake up like, thank the Lord for waking me up this morning, right? It's good. When he speaks about remember the days of darkness, he's not talking about remember the bad times. This is a sage-like way of saying, like, remember, uh, the days of death outnumber the days of life. Meaning you're going to be dead longer than you are alive. So while you're alive, live. Enjoy your life. Enjoy what God's given you. We see throughout this whole book, he keeps going back. Enjoy your life. Notice crap and crazy stuff happens. Things happen that are unjust. Don't sweat it. Enjoy your life. Plans don't go like you always want them. Oh, chalk it up. I'm going to trust the Lord. Enjoy your life. He said, remember the days of dark? Like, be reminded. Like, look, you, you, we only got so long here. Notice in this scripture when it's talking about in verses 6 and se- in, in verses, sorry, in verses 7 and 8, it's good to be alive knowing that death is longer than life on the earth. He's not talking about the afterlife. He's talking about just physical life, all right? But then he goes to this young and says, if indeed someone lives many years, let him rejoice. Let him remember the days of darkness. Oh, verse, verse 9, rejoice, young person, while you are young. And let your heart be glad in the days of your youth and walk in the ways of your heart and the desires of your eyes. Pause. That sounds good. He's like, live it up. YOLO, right? The desires of your heart. No, I'm like, live. But then he says, but, but, but no, as you do it, God going to judge everything. Like, he's like, like, remember the rules to the game, right? right? Yeah, live it up. Cross, dribble, but, but don't carry the ball. It's, you know, the official sitting there like, you know, can't go, you can't, you can't, can't step in, then go back across that line, uh, bleep, you know, I mean, it, 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 the, the rules are written, you know, but go play. He's saying, live life. But, but no, like, keep God at the center, though. Know, know that God is in control. This, this, this whole thing, when you look at books like Ecclesiastes, when you're looking at books like Proverbs, what it's telling you is it's the wisdom literature of how to live well in God's covenant. You know what? What God has called you to. God said, I want you to enjoy your life. And notice, he's saying this. I want you to maximize your opportunities when you can. He speaks to his youth and being young. You know why he's saying that? Because it's when you're young, you got energy. You got strength. He says in your youth, in your prime. He's like, like maximize. Put in the work. Put in the effort. You know, build family. Build for life. Because you're not going to be able to do the same things as you get older when you're young. Maximize it. One of the saddest things is that we got a world that don't know Jesus. Think about if you accept Christ, life get boring. You can't do nothing. Don't have no fun. And I'm saying that is the most foolish thing in the world. But the eyes are blinded because it's only in Christ that we have freedom to truly enjoy life. I'm not held by change. I'm not enslaved by sin and the things of the world. I'm not looking over my back wondering who's going to find out if I'm going to get caught. I'm free. I can go to sleep well. I'm not scared of a phone call or who going to know or who going to catch me. I'm free. 
I'm not trying to hide stuff and, and get away with stuff. I'm not, I'm not checking in my, in my car or in my house making sure, okay, I don't want nobody. No, I'm free. And I can enjoy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not. You know, they got this saying, you know, better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Man, that's a, that's a worldly saying. I remember, look, let me tell you something. You probably enjoy about 75% of it. You sitting there thinking like, man, I'm going to have to go back to work, man. They gonna, what they going to do? What they going to say? Am I going to have my job? You know, we try to fool ourselves versus being fully free with permission, knowing like, I'm on vacation. Don't call me. Don't email me. Don't text me. And when I get back, my job is there. You know, now, remember, you don't know what the future holds. You know, the building can catch on fire. You ain't on job no more. But you got permission. You free. I'm going to use an example like that because we talk about openness. We're talking about freedom. He's calling us repeatedly. And even in this text, he says, enjoy your life. Rejoice, young person, while you're young. Let your heart be glad. And he says, remove sorrow from your heart, verse 10. Put away pain from your flesh because youth and prime are life are fleeting. He's saying, like, look, don't. One of the saddest mindsets to have. Is, is the pessimistic mindset. I'm not talking about being a realist. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that in any situation, circumstances, you're looking for the bad and for the terrible and what's going to go wrong and you fail to really enjoy what's in front of you. You know, yeah. there, there's this one saying and it's, it's, it's you know, it's broad, but it says, you know, it's like, you know, 90, 95% of the stuff you're worrying about never happens anyway, Right. You know, it's like you, we worry and stuff, and we rob ourselves of the life God wants us to have. We're sitting there, and we're dwelling, and we're focusing on what might happen and what might go wrong instead of going full throttle into what God is calling us to to enjoy what he's doing. He says, because remember, the, the, these years are fleeting. He, he already said again, all this stuff is futile. All this stuff we're doing in life is going to go away anyway. So what he's saying is enjoy it. Maximize it. Now, I'm going to be sitting here, some of us not as young as we used to be, and we're certainly not in our prime. That's why I say we, you know, including me. Um, but this is a principle we understand when it talks about maximizing and enjoying the opportunities that God puts before us. You know, what is God putting before you? What are the opportunities that God is putting before you? Whether it be business, whether it be family, whether it be relationships, whether it be church, ministry, what is he putting before you? And in the strength you have and in the time you have, are you maximizing it? Or are you thinking about, man, well, this is not going to work or this might not happen. I don't think I can. And we sit there and we waste the opportunities and we let the opportunities pass us by. And we look back and we look at all the things we might have could have done and should have done. See, I say all this because we have this wisdom literature, but, but Jesus reiterates this in John 10, 10. He says, look, the thief comes only, but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. Yes, he's speaking for eternal life, and he's also speaking of now because Christ wants us to walk in the purposes in which we've been birthed. Why we are here. 
too young. You may not have the same opportunities that somebody else has, but let me tell you something. God is putting things in front of you, and God wants you to maximize. God wants you to enjoy them. God wants you to, to, to dive head first into it, not recklessly, but wisely. Trust in him with everything he's placed in your hands. And in doing so, we're only doing so out of faith. We're doing so out of trust. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. I don't know how those bones and stuff come together in that womb, but what I do know is God made it. And if God is creator of all and God has called me into his hands, then that's where I'm going to be. And whatever he lays in front of me, I'm not going to be scared. Might get concerned. I might ask the Lord for some clarification. And you know what? I'm going to say, look, I, I see, Lord, I see this where you headed. I see what you're doing. I'm going because Jesus told us that he has come that we may have life and have it in abundance. Trust him. Make these wise investments in life. And not everything we're talking about is money. But we're talking about resources, even sometimes yourself, human resources. But dive into what God is doing. And it would be the most wise investment of your life because you're investing in life. But not just life, but it's in the life that Christ has called us to. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the current series, Chasing After the Wind. 14 messages that walk you through the entire book of Ecclesiastes where we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. If this ministry has blessed you, we invite you to partner with us today. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.